Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Today we have a great story of getting revenge on a bully. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, I get to watch the company I worked for crumble without me, and it's glorious. Context, I've been working in IT my whole working life. Several years ago, I was approached by someone who owns a small private college and offered a job. I had several years of IT experience by that time, mostly working at colleges in the area. I accepted the job. There, I was the only IT. There was no IT department, just me. The internet was laughable, something like 100 megabits per second for the whole school. They were trying to expand and get approval for a new program, so I took on the daunting task of getting the school up to date. They were simultaneously working to move to online tests and homework. Everything was on paper when I started there, so I moved very fast to do this. I also assisted with providing whatever paperwork, spreadsheets, schedules, etc. the school needed to get their new program approval finalized. Once that was all done, I continued to work as the only IT on campus. Then my boss asked me to work in admissions in addition to my own department to take applications for the new program they got. There were so many other jobs they gave me that I don't even remember them all. They needed about six people to do all of that work, but I did it. Fast forward to 2021, I decide I've had enough. I enroll in the program that I helped the school get, took their crazy entrance exam. It had something like a 10% pass rate, scored in the top 50 for that year. Then I quit my job. That place had become the worst job I'd ever worked at. The boss had no respect for anyone around them and the office had like 6 or 7 people working in it including me. I was constantly being accused of doing nothing all day when I was working. When I quit, they didn't hire anyone new to fill my position. They instead passed my work on to 3 other people who of course already had their own jobs to do. I watched them struggle for about a month before another one quit. Their work also just got dispersed among the remaining employees. That left 4 people working full time in the office. One of them, the one who had the absolute most jobs out of everyone there, started no-call, no-showing at least once a week. Now, one of my favorite co-workers told me that she was just offered a new job with a 40% pay increase, benefits. Did I mention this job I had didn't offer benefits? And room to grow. She's leaving in August, so that leaves three workers. And the guy that started no-showing has already informed the boss that he won't be working there anymore after this year is over. So that leaves two employees, one of them is part-time. I feel bad for taking joy in this, but something feels good about watching everyone get fed up with the garbage management there at the same time. I just think if there's garbage management, it's going to crumble regardless. And if there's nothing to be done to address the garbage management, I mean, who's going to get underpaid and continue fighting for people who don't even treat them well? Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is Faked a Stuck Paperclip. I used to work for an office as their collection boy, being sent out up to 8 times a day to collect various things. Generally, when they got the call, I'd be sent out immediately, but I realized one member of the team had started holding back, ensuring I'd have to finish late, particularly if I'd mentioned I had plans that evening. This team member was also in charge of office stationery and equipment, which gave me an idea. I photocopied a paperclip 500 times moving it around occasionally, on both A4 and A3, and then put the sheets back into their photocopier's blank paper reservoirs, mixed in amongst some blank sheets. 
They got an engineer out three times to take the machine apart to find the rogue paperclip that was appearing on their documents before they realized. Honestly, that's a hilarious form of revenge. And like, it's surprisingly so stealthy that it probably would go on for quite a while before they notice, why are these darn paperclips popping up? Are they somehow getting scanned? There's nothing in the scanner. Our next story is, I found a Twitter troll's real identity and made him apologize. So this all started about a month ago. I'm quite an avid UFC fan and often comment and engage with posts on Twitter. I can't remember exactly what the post was now, but someone didn't take kindly to one of my comments about a fight. Because of this, he made it his personal mission to troll me. This kid's account was full of him spreading hate, and every media post was a screenshot of accounts that had blocked him with the caption, Another one owned. I would usually block someone like this, but I'll be honest, I didn't want to give him the satisfaction. It got to the point where he was replying to every comment I made, and messaging me multiple times a day. I obviously ignored it, hoping it would go away, but it went on for 19 days straight. I counted prior to making this post. Cue petty revenge. I eventually replied and asked him if he had a problem with me. Sent him his phone number. He didn't. After a week of me ignoring him, he sent me a phone number. I asked him to screenshot his phone ID to prove it was his real number. He did and it was. I searched it on Google to find the area code. This wasn't enough, but luckily for me, he had sent his PayPal QR code to a celebrity to ask to be blessed. I used this QR code and tried to pay him some so I could find the name associated with this PayPal. Using this, I searched his name on Facebook and filtered the search for his area code. I found him. I knew this was him, as his cover photo was a picture of his dog, one he'd posted on Twitter. I told him I'd give him one last chance to apologize. He was still being horrible and racist. I'm a white guy, as he could see on my profile, but he kept calling me the N-word. I sent the screenshot of his and his mother's Facebook account. He had his account pretty open and had her as mother. His demeanor completely changed. He got scared and started profusely apologizing. I feel kind of bad for this now, but I told him I was going to be monitoring his account in the future and let anyone else know who he decides to troll his real identity. He begged me for forgiveness. I don't think it helps I threatened to find his address also. This is kind of for my own satisfaction, but after he blocked me, I screenshotted that and put it on my account with the same captions he did. As assumed, this guy was like 15 years old, so I guess you can say this is extra petty. I feel like he got what he deserved. The end. So I appreciate that one person out of the ocean of people that are just willingly going and spouting some horrendous stuff and harassing people online, at least one of them had their eyes opened that they're a human being with their own life, and all of these other people are too. And surprise, not only does what you do affect all these other people, it can also very easily affect you as well. Our next story is, can I get a water cup? Back when I worked at a place that I oh so lovingly call McDeath because your soul dies working there, one of the few times a day that I could be petty was when I worked front counter in the lobby. We had a soda machine in the lobby where people could refill their cup. Many people would try to get around purchasing a soda for a dollar by asking for a water cup. The thing is, at the time, our machine in the lobby didn't dispense water, only soda. So if someone asked for water, we would have to fill a small cup at the drive throughs soda machine which dispensed water. Don't ask me why it was like that because I wouldn't be able to tell you. The thing that ticked me off was that these people didn't buy food. They simply would come into the place trying to steal soda that was literally a dollar and eight cents for a large after tax. So I would have to interrupt the drive through soda machine order to make a water cup for the customer, only for them to dump it out and get a free drink. 
The job already sucked, but this was merely a waste of everyone's time. Here's where the pettiness happens. We had a switch at the front counter that could turn off the soda machine in the lobby. So whenever someone asked for water, I would give it to them and watch as they beelined it to the soda machine. I'd watch them immediately dump the water out, and before they could get a drop of soda, click, the machine would magically be shut off. I'd watch as they would try a couple more times to get soda, then have the audacity to come back to the counter and complain that the machine was not working. I would just act stupid and say in the customer service voice, Oh, that's weird. That machine doesn't dispense water anyways, but I'd be happy to refill it for you if you'd like. They would normally refuse and walk away grumbling. It was a small victory, but it felt so dang good watching these idiots think that they pulled one over on me, only to leave with nothing. Honestly, that's kinda smart. The only annoying thing would be like, if they went to dump it out and there were multiple people at the soda machine, obviously you wouldn't be able to pull your revenge off in that situation. Is it too taboo to like, call out and say, hey, you didn't pay for a soda? I mean, to be fair, if I was working at McDeath, I wouldn't care enough for that wage to call those people out on it. But I understand shutting the machine off, cause hey, what else do you have to do in there? That's honestly some good entertainment as far as working at McDeath goes. Our next story is, don't want to chill with the leaf blower? Enjoy your nine months of mariachi music. Background, my neighbor and I have never gotten along. She's generally just an unpleasant person. Loud, obnoxious, vulgar, etc. But to her credit, she does keep a very nice and tidy yard. This is an important detail. We also keep very different schedules. She works somewhere that she's often coming and going at 3am. I know this because I get to hear her bass bumping loudly in her car when she leaves. I keep somewhat more conventional hours. She also gets going with her yard and housework very early in the morning often, involving her beloved leaf blower and again, very bass-heavy garage stereo. I've spoken with her a few times about it and gotten a terse sorry, but she's back at her hijinks shortly after. Last time we spoke was last year when she was running the leaf blower at 7am on Sunday, and when I asked her to stop she just said, I'll be done in just a minute, you can deal with it until then. Fast forward to last week and cue the petty revenge. We're doing some construction to put an extension on our house. It's a good sized project and will take 9 months or so to finish. We also just got started. It's almost lunch and the guys are in the background hammering and sawing away and the boombox is blasting mariachi music. They're bantering and laughing away which doesn't bother me one bit. They're good guys and I like the music. Knock 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 on the door. And what to my wondering eye should appear but my swamp witch neighbor? She looks a bit haggard. Well, more so than usual anyways. Hey, I'm trying to sleep over there. Any chance you can ask the workers to turn the radio down a bit? They'll be done in a few months. You can deal with it until then. Have a great day. Bonus, got a visit from code enforcement the next day. He checked and found the music didn't exceed limits. He also got a good laugh when I explained the situation to him and appreciated the anonymous tip about the unpermitted and dilapidated shed in her backyard. Sorry, Jessica. Not really. Oh, you gotta love the petty neighbor wars that go on. Nothing like slapping down a good bunch of money to get a place of your own, only to have some entitled, horrendous, non-caring jerk blasting God knows what music loud enough that you could probably get a noise complaint filed, and also being able to give it but not take it. Our next story is outmaneuvered narc father-in-law. Recently left the family farm that my spouse and I started, worked, and lived on for the past decade. My father-in-law was our business partner, who turns out had been doing funky things with the loans and property. 
in addition to being a horrible abusive person, and we had had enough. As part of the closing out process, my spouse signed a buyout agreement absolving him of debts and stating he could never take legal action against his dad. I wasn't asked to sign anything. My father-in-law is a super fundamentalist evangelical pastor who literally views me as property of my spouse, and it didn't even occur to him to have me sign things. I had a small amount of unpaid wages from design work on the business logo and office-type work owed by the business, so I sent a simple business invoice to the farm office as part of my closing out process. My father-in-law lost it refused to speak or address the issue with me, flew into a rage at my spouse and tried to blackmail him, and then ultimately sent an extremely aggressive letter from a business lawyer and another litigation attorney threatening criminal and civil charges that admittedly freaked me out at first. Until I got a free consult from a local lawyer who laughed so hard when I showed him that letter and said he wouldn't let me hire him because it was so ridiculous and I had nothing to worry about. He gave me advice on a course of action and sent me on my way. I followed his advice, buried my father-in-law's attorneys in a five years worth of documentation proving my ownership of the logo and all the office work I did that had gone unpaid, submitted timelines and evidence of my father-in-law's aggressive behavior, and won a settlement for more than my original invoice without setting foot in court or going a penny out of pocket for a lawyer. My father-in-law not only had to pay the settlement, but has wasted thousands of dollars on multiple attorneys for an invoice he had to pay in full anyway. It will never make up for 10 years of abuse, but it does make me cackle a little every time I think about it. All I know is, is if I had to deal with a person like that, I feel like I'd be looking for any chance I could to get revenge against them as well, especially when you're literally owed dues. This next story is, Bullying Neighbors Get Rats. I had a nasty neighbor, she bullies me, doesn't let me go through my own door, stands under my window making vile comments about me, etc, etc. I've barely ever spoken to her and we've had no issues that I can think of. She's just a horrible, bullying, intimidating cowbag. It's gotten to the point where I've had to hand in my notice on my flat. I can't deal with her anymore. So while I'm living out on my month's notice, I go out every night and lay a nice juicy fruit salad around her garden. It started off that I'd be satisfied with a freakish amount of birds and their poop all over her garden, but oh the joys. She now has the exterminator in to deal with a random rodent issue that's making her life miserable. I feel sorry for the rats, but yeah, can't summon up any sympathy for the vermin that lives there. Well, if the exterminator did their job, they'd take care of the very big rat first. Is that too far, going over the line there? This next story is, please stop stacking our drinks in the break room. Worked at a big tech company. One of our few perks was that management would keep our break room stocked with any soda we desired. A request list was made, and every Monday morning a truck arrived stocked full of every flavor we wanted. Keep us pumped full of caffeine and coffee. We were awake and productive. We heard this was going to end in two weeks. Being one of the hourly employees, I was there by 7.30 when the soda guy arrived. Upper echelons didn't start rolling in until 9.30, 10. We noted that all of them preferred a diet version of a popular drink, while we liked the non-deliciously sugared version. So one morning after Soda Guy left, we began to rearrange the delivered soda cases. These were 12 packs of cans arranged in little stacks by flavor. We arranged them like a Jenga tower with the diet flavors on the very bottom. As the break room wasn't used until around 10, Not many had noticed a giant tower of soda stacked to the ceiling. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. 
Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Around noon, we got a company-wide email reading like, Please stop stacking our drinks in the break room like a tower. One of the managers went in and resorted the cases as they were supposed to be. Laughs were had, and we abandoned further tower attempts. I really thought OP was going to say something about like how they were busy doing their work engrossed in some big document, when all of a sudden, boom, the Jenga tower fell over. Must have pulled the wrong piece. Our next story is, finally thought of a comeback in the moment. Back in the 80s, I was with the man I believed I loved, had two children with him. I had my suspicions that he may have cheated, but I generally shook it off and was sure he wouldn't cheat on me. I was 24, trusting, and obviously quite gullible. We had a regular babysitter while I was at work, and he was supposedly looking for a job. She also babysat on the few nights we would go out. I would generally be asleep before he got back from taking her home. One day, I get home from work, he's in the house with the babysitter, and I finally noticed that she was definitely pregnant with his child. Apparently, he cheated with a couple of regulars because, in his words, we didn't hook up often enough. Ow. Flash forward a couple of years, I lost weight, got in shape, looked fabulous, and had a new relationship with my farmer man. I was working in our hometown and there was a Canada Day celebration. A large group of us were under the big tent, waiting for the fireworks when he walks up to me, tells me how beautiful I am now and tries to make small talk it degenerated quickly into snarky remarks from him in front of all these people he looks me up and down and then says you know what we probably could have worked if you would have just put out for once i had a comeback i said sweetly if you were any good maybe i would have half the tent full of people erupted into hoots and applause apparently this small town doesn't like him much felt so good note been with my farmer man for 38 years now. I sure hope farmer man treats OP right. I mean, hey, they've been with him 38 years. Must have been treating them pretty well. Although, not gonna lie, I've heard a lot of people who say, oh, I've been with them for 30 plus years. And it seems like there's a comfort in being with them. But they're also kind of at odds in their own way. This next story is, revenge is a dish best served sparkly. I, 35-year-old female, have four brothers. T, six years older than me. R, 5 years older than me, M, 1 year younger, N, 11 years younger. This story is about R. I grew up with T and R. M and N are stepbrothers who came along later. As siblings do, T, R, and I constantly fought. It was mostly a them versus me type of thing. Once, when I was around 11, R did something that really ticked me off. I think he might have been trying to give me a swirly, but I really don't remember. Q Petty Revenge. He always went out with his friends on Friday nights. This was back when going to the mall was THE thing to do. I was quite a bit younger, so on this particular Friday night I was at home marinating in pettiness. 
As many little girls are, I was into arts and crafts and had a large supply of those cheap art kits. One of them came with glitter. It's a really long, unrelated story, but T and R's room was in the basement. The basement was unfinished, and my little craft area was down there too, so I did what any petty little sister would do. I dumped every last piece of glitter from my cheap art kits between R's sheets. He had just made his bed with fresh sheets earlier that afternoon. I carefully pulled the covers back up and made sure they looked undisturbed. R gets home rather late and says he's going to bed. His room is in the unfinished basement, so he has to turn the light off at the top of the basement stairs and then go down to his room to get in bed. He suspected nothing. The next morning, I'm waiting in the living room for him to come upstairs. Mom's in the kitchen making breakfast. He emerges, looking like he spent the entire night rolling around with a stripper, completely covered in glitter. It's everywhere, head to toe and flaking off everywhere as he walked. When I heard him hollering in the bathroom, I realized he had finally realized what had happened. Mom, of course, runs over to see what's going on as R is coming out of the bathroom with a murderous look on his face. Mom sees him, stops, covers her mouth with her hand, and snorts. Her face is almost as red as R's, but she's trying not to laugh. As she was fighting to keep a smile off her face, she grounded me and I had to wash our sheets for him. He kept finding glitter on himself for the next week. Worth it. You already know that that basement was beyond tainted. There is no getting rid of that glitter. In fact, there's probably no getting rid of that glitter off of the brother. Our next story is, Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Bit of a long story that's led to the improvement in multiple neighbors' lives in my street. My wife and I, engaged at the time, bought our first house in a less than reputable neighborhood because, well, it was all we could afford in the COVID housing boom and it was only 20 minutes from the city where we worked. Street was nice enough. Owning our own place also meant we put the effort in to actually get to know our neighbors and do the suburban lifestyle thing. Only real issue in the street was our direct next door neighbors. It was government housing or assisted housing and she was a real piece of work. Turns out she was a bit of a dropout and would tell her under 10 year old child, it's okay if you get caught stealing from people's doorsteps, you're under 10, you won't get in trouble. This has been confirmed as something he would brag to the other children in the street. An attempt was made once and thankfully one of our neighbor's friends caught him in the act and made sure our package got into our hands. Doubt he would have appreciated the thread count in those sheets we bought online anyway. It was at this time that we bought some ring cameras for the front and back of the house. Fast forward a few months later, we've saved up and bought a brand new 3070 graphics card for my birthday. RRP at the time was around $1700. We arranged for my wife to work from home the day it was to be delivered, so no issues, right? You should pretty much know what happens next. Q panicked phone call from my wife. She didn't even hear a knock at the door or anything, but the package is missing. I checked the video footage while excusing myself from work to come sort it out. The package never made it to the house in the first place. The driver, on seeing a light sprinkle of rain, asked a random child playing in the street if he lived there and could accept the package. Little brat obviously said yes and then pretended to come into our house until the driver left and then scarpered off with my brand new graphics card. Thing is, we have the footage of most of this. To cut a long story short, my wife attempted to ask the mother for our property back. It escalated to having to call the police, provide evidence, love those cameras, and receipt. During the handover, the police happened to mention that they couldn't charge the child due to his age. But his mom will be charged with handling stolen goods, though with her and her boyfriend's six outstanding warrants, 
It was apparently their least concern. Oh well. To cap it all off, we copped a bit of verbal abuse and implied threats afterwards, so we reported them for that and the thefts to the housing commission, and then ended up getting them moved out about an hour further out in one of the more remote commission housing areas. The entire street marveled at how much quieter and safer it was in the street after that. Oh, and bonus revenge? We also raised a complaint to the delivery company about the driver's behavior. Turns out he was already on probation for doing the same thing with same results from what the customer relations guy was telling me. I mean, I get it, it's not a glamorous job doing package delivery and if it's raining or especially pouring, you hate to walk out there and have your brown or blue outfit completely soaked, but you kinda have to. It's so foolish to just ask a random kid on the street, hey, are you able to accept this package for that house over there? Our next story is, I guess we're both losing some sleep to our respective taste in music. I was staying in an older motel slash motor inn. My room has one of those doors in the wall for adjoining rooms. The person next door was playing their music, some poppy stuff I don't listen to, so it sounds more like noise, just loud enough that I could hear it when the AC turned down. It was after midnight and I'd been up since 5am. I had to put in earbuds to get to sleep. Yes, I could have knocked on the door and said something, but social anxiety and not knowing how they might react, like playing their music even louder? The next morning, I decided to wake him up with some slipknot, before I forget, with my phone pressed against the crack of the adjoining door with the volume at 11, for a phone, while I was packing up to check out. I just feel like OP kind of lost the motel slash motor in lottery ending up getting one of those rooms with one of the adjoining doors, but not only that, but getting one that's occupied by some music player that clearly has no idea that their music is too loud, or frankly just doesn't care. And lord knows, complaining to the motel staff is not gonna do anything. This next story is, I got revenge on my bully. In school, I was relentlessly bullied. Two girls in particular had it out for me. I was shy, loved to read, didn't do the popular stuff, so I was the perfect victim. They would literally torture me by holding me down in the staircase when we were alone and sticking pinboard pins into my arms, legs, and feet. When I tried to tell teachers, they said I fell onto them as they were lying on the floor or I did it myself. It didn't help that one of them was the daughter of one of the teachers at the school. Well, I finally got my revenge. I went to try out a new ice cream shop and lo and behold, one of the girls was serving the ice cream. I have multiple allergies including milk and gluten, of which the ice cream shop claimed to be cautious, so I ordered gluten and dairy-free ice cream and set my phone camera up to film the area where the ice cream was prepared, because I saw that the girl had recognized me and was certain she'd try something, and she did. I caught her on camera putting a spoonful of milk in the bottom of the bowl and crumbling the gluten-consisting wafers over everything, then camouflaging it with the last scoop of ice cream. She put it down in front of me and said, I hope you enjoy it. I sweetly smiled at her and asked if she could get the owner of the shop because I wanted to thank her for being so welcoming to guests with allergies. You can guess what happened next. I showed the owner the video and told her that I'd like to press charges. Because in my country, it's considered a criminal offense called inflicting bodily harm to serve someone an allergen when you know the person is allergic. The bully will never work anywhere while she'll come in contact with food again, and she'll have this on her criminal record for years. Well, they're certainly not going to be able to move up in the working world very easily. When this happens and you're no longer allowed to be even near food, what cheapo job can you turn to? 
Walmart greeter? Our next story is, don't greet us, expect to wait. Pettiness to the max, but that's kind of what the sub is for. I work as a server in a restaurant which serves mainly business-related lunches and dinners. As it's located in a dense office district, we've posted a sign at the front door saying, please wait here and wait for our staff to help you because we have a lot of reservations each day and this helps us manage those reservations, assign you a table, and cancel any walk-ins if it gets too full. Some people, however, cannot read or do not give a freak. 90% of the time, there's at least one person or staff either looking at or close to the sign. Sometimes it happens that we're either on the other side of the building managing the cash register or doing something else, and we've had people just walk past the sign, you really can't miss it, and head towards the terrace to sit down. Some people also ignore our greetings and just head to a table. Our position on this? If you can't be bothered to wait until we help you or greet us back when we greet you on entry, you can expect to wait for a while because our staff will not be helping you anytime soon. Maybe after 15 or 20 minutes or so, Maybe that'll teach them to be a little nicer to server staff. Yes, the managers share the same sentiment and forbid us helping them when this happens. Now, I totally understand not wanting to help out people right away that cannot read the sign or understand, you know, just exactly what's going on around them. But do they still help out the people that don't like outright greet them but do wait at the sign or whatever? That's what I'm curious about because OP very specifically said, if you don't greet us back when we greet you on entry, you're going to wait a while. And with my social anxiety having butt, that sounds like trash to me. Our next story is, former classmate told me she hates me and my sister was my bodyguard. I was born with physical and mental disabilities and emotional sensitivity. Present years, my sister Valerie and I were visiting each other at our mom and stepdad's house. I told her about how Jennifer from my sixth grade gave me a very pretty crystal container with a unique design. The container and matching lid were both completely made of real crystal. I still have it. I wondered why she gave me such a valuable gift after we graduated from the 6th grade. A heart is my favorite geometric shape. Crystals are my favorite precious stones. My sister then proceeded to tell me something that makes sense about Jennifer's actions. Jennifer had apparently told me she hates me. I was sad and obviously cried. I had apparently told my sister about it. Val said she went and stood right in front of Jennifer in recess. She demanded to know why Jennifer told me she hated me. She stayed in Jennifer's face. I was 13 years old in the 6th grade. Jennifer was 11 years old in the 6th grade. Val was 9 years old in the 5th grade. Val stayed in Jennifer's face demanding to know why Jennifer said such a thing. She only left because the bell rang signaling recess was over. Val said that was why Jennifer gave me such a gift. Wow. This doesn't have a vindictive thing to it, but I wanted to share it here since my sister defended me. I looked up the company to see if they still make things, since 1990 is a long time ago. It seems they still make things. I know their name because of the box the crystal container came in. Honestly, this is actually a really nice story, because although they were a bully and although they did get confrontational, it wasn't like a violent thing. It was really something that seemed to touch this person and make them realize, wait, yeah, why am I bullying this person? I admit, when I was a kid, I could be a jerk sometimes, but there was definitely a point in my life where my brain kind of turned on and I realized, why should I be a jerk to anybody? I definitely talked to or was nice to the kids that traditionally most people would call weird or outcast, especially sadly because they had disabilities. I was never a big fan of treating people badly like that. What bothered me the most is when people treated them like they were plagued. 
like anything they touched or anywhere they went or wherever they sat was like off limits, gross and contaminated for no reason. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 